Hi, how are you? Welcome to a new Friday of podcast with Natalia. So we have been talking right now about space. So today we're going to talk about asteroids, comets, meteorites, meteors, meteorites, and uh, things like that. So welcome on Friday more to listen to this. The planets and their moons are not the only objects that orbit the sun. Astronomers have discovered thousands of asteroids, comets, and meteorites there and are constantly discovering new ones. Each of these objects has its own characteristics. On January 1, in 1801, a dual glimpse between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter caught the attention of an Italian astronomer. As he continued to study the light over the cruise after several nights, he noticed. I'm sorry, I don't know how to talk. He noticed. He noticed that it was moving in the same direction as the nearby planets. He concluded that the object, which he called Cirrus, must be a tiny planet. Shortly after his discovery, other astronomers determined that Cirrus was too small to be classified as a planet. It measures only about 952 kilometers in diameter, about one-fourth of diameter of the moon. As astronomers began studying the area around Cyrus, they discovered many other small objects. They called these small objects asteroids. An asteroid is a metallic or stony object that orbits the sun and does not have a spherical shape. Right now, Sirius is now considered a dwarf planet because it is spherical. If you don't know what is a dwarf planet, it is defined as the object that orbits the sun and has enough gravity to be clear. I don't remember if I mentioned it in my last podcast, but if you didn't know, I mentioned this fun fact. Okay. Asteroids come in a variety of shapes and sizes. Most do not have this spherical shape common among planets and moons. The larger asteroids, such as Cyrus, are nearly spherical in shape, while other asteroids have elongated shape. The asteroid Eros, for example, is about 33 kilometers. It equals 21 miles. Yeah, long, but only, for example, long, but uh, I'm sorry, long, but only 13 kilometers wide. There are both large and small asteroids with diameters ranging from a few meters to hundreds of kilometers. Some asteroids even have smaller asteroids orbiting them as moons. That's weird, but interesting. <laughs> Each asteroid has a specific orbit. Most asteroids include Ceres and Ida orbit in the asteroid belt. A large range of asteroids located between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter. Two groups of Asteroids, now in the asteroid belt, are the Trojan asteroids. These Trojan uh, asteroids travel in the same orbit as Jupiter, with one group traveling 60 degrees in front of Jupiter and the other group traveling 60 degrees behind the planet. Wow. I don't remember, I think in my life, some of my podcasts, some of my podcasts, uh, last year that I talked about sea. I talked about the space, about how dangerous. I think that I said something about that I did was wouldn't like to 
explore the space, but it would be amazing to be in a spaceship or in something and go to see these planets. Don't you think it's like you can see the Earth, you can see another planet, and that would be so amazing. A very important group of asteroids that are not in the asteroid belt are the near-Earth asteroids, or NEAs. These asteroids are located in the inner solar system, and some of them cross paths with the Earth. Every day, several small NEAs pass closer to the Earth and the Moon does. Pass closer to the Earth and the Moon does. Wow, that, and we do not even see that. Wow, that's what I'm telling you about going to space. It's like for me, it's a little bit scary. I will prefer like to explore anything here in Earth like ocean, caves, something like that. But this is interesting because we, we, we don't see what's happening out of our planet. A new explodes high in Earth atmosphere but once a month. About once every century a small near Earth asteroid collides with Earth to produce a crater. Oh my god, I didn't know that. An asteroid's orbit may be disrupted by a planet. Planets pull asteroids out of orbit, causing them to wander into the orbit of another asteroid. The asteroids may collide, causing the rocks to break apart. If a large asteroid collides with a smaller asteroid, the impact will break the smaller asteroid into pieces and produce a scar-like crater on the larger asteroid. Asteroids, instead of being pulled into orbit, may be thrown out of the solar system completely and be lost forever. That was asteroids. I find some interesting facts in here. <laughs> now we're going to talk about comets. A comet is an asteroid-type object that is made of rock and frozen materials and forms a bright tail. In ancient times, comets were believed to be intruders invading the Earth's atmosphere or natural atmospheric phenomena. T Chico Brahe, who observed and studied a comet in 1577, established that the object Hisa was not an invader of the atmosphere but a natural part of the system. After Brahe's discovery, Sir Isaac Newton concluded that the comets are subject to the same orbital loss of motion as the planets. Newton's idea was proved by the astronomer Edmund Halley. Halley correctly called. I'm sorry, because I'm not. Is the fan. After. Okay, I lost. I was talking about Edmund Haley, right? Edmund Haley correctly calculated the orbit of a comet in 1682. After his observations of the comet, Haley, Haley concluded that this descriptions of the comet in 1531 and the comet in 1607 were identical to this comet. He then predicted that the comet would again be visible in Earth in 1758. Haley died before his prediction was proven, but in early 1758, the comet reappeared. Astronomers named it Haley's Comet in Haley's honor. Haley's Comet, which takes about seven, ten, I'm sorry, I don't know how to talk before. 76 years to make one orbit around the sun, last appeared in, in 1986 and will return in February of 2061. Wow. 
I'm going to be alive at that time. I don't know. God's point. I would love to see that. That would be so interesting. Comet component. The heart of a comet, of a comet called the nucleus, is two thirds ice and one third dust. Although most of the ice in the nucleus is made of frozen water, other ices may be present as well, such as frozen carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, formaldehyde, formaldehyde, and methane. Near the sun, the frozen surface of the nucleus begins to warm up and vaporize. This means draining to gas. As the surface ice vaporizes, particles of dust that were once trapped in the surface ice are carried away by a jet of steam and other evaporating substances. The gas and dust form a cloud around the nucleus called a coma. As a comet travels closer to the sun, it encounters the solar wind. The stream of harmful charged particles are now by the sun. The solar wind causes, causes particles from the coma to begin to drift away from the sun. As the dust particles and gases begin to drift, the highly reflective streamer called the tail is emitted from the comet. The closer that the comet travels to the sun, the stronger the solar wind is. Solar wind is and the longer the tail becomes. As the comet travels away from the sun, its tail shortens. Due to weaker solar winds, the solar wind causes the comet to gradually lose its mass. After traveling many times around the sun, the comet will completely evaporate. A comet, a comet's tail often separates into two colored tails because dust and gas particles react differently with the sun. The steam of the dust particles reflects the color of the sunlight and is tinted slightly yellow. The stream of gases reacts with the charged particles of the solar wind to produce a blush tint. Although comets are subject to the same orbital laws as the planets, comets have more elongated orbits than the planets. Wow! I didn't expect that. <laughs> A comet's orbits may be several billion kilometers long, drifting out past Neptune only to return and whip around the sun. Well, within the orbit of Mercury, sometimes a comet comes too close to one of the larger planets and is pulled into an orbit around the planet. Other comets move too close to the sun and quickly evaporate. Wow, it's like I have a different opinion about space before I start talking about this. I, after, um, before I began this podcast, I was reading about some comets and things like that to be so be prepared to talk about it. And now that I'm telling you about this, I'm telling everything I studied, I learned. It's very interesting because I have a different opinion before about space, but now this type of things I would love to see it, and I have, as I have mentioned in my podcast channel, a lot of times I would love to be a criminologist, but if I cannot be that, I think that I would be something related to space, like in NASA or something like that. I don't know because. I think that I have different opinion before because I haven't seen anything about the topic. I think my 
last podcast I talked about this, but now seeing about some interesting facts like that that are making me surprised a lot, it makes me feel like I want to explore this, discover some new things. This is so cool. <laughs> um, I think my opinion about space is changing, and I think that's a positive thing. The period of the comet may be from only a few years to several thousand years. Astronomers classify comets into two categories, but based on their periods. Short period and long period. A short period has a period shorter than 200 years. A long period comet has a period longer than 200 years. Encke's comet has one of the shortest recorded periods, three years and four months. This comet orbit is so, so small and so close to the Earth that a trillion observer can track its entire path. Comet Haley Bob, which reached the Perhelion in 1997, has one of the longest recorded periods, 2,456 years. Wow. Only one person could see that. Like once a time in his life, and after that, don't imagine. Wow, bro, 2,556 years. Only a person that be born like five years before or something like that when this thing cometely about this gonna appear. But you will only see once in your life. Maybe like I was talking about Comet Haley like every 76 years back. You can expect to see it even if you're uh, like, if you see it when you're like a five year old, you can expect to see it again. But this 2,556 years, come on, wow. Since the early 19th, astronomers have discovered hundreds of small icy objects orbiting farther from the sun than the planet Neptune. These objects, which resemble comet nuclei, appear to be a part of the vast belt, similar to the asteroid belt, called the Kuiper Belt, Pluto, Eris, and all the other known dwarf planets, except Sirius, are considered part of the Kuiper Belt. Small pieces of debris are left in the space from asteroids and comets that fragment small chunks of rock or metal in space. These are meteoroids. Meteoroids range in size from microscopic specks of dust to giant boulders. Scientists generally agree that the meteoroids are smaller than asteroids, however, there is no official definition that separates large meteoroids from small asteroids. Because of this, some astronomers may consider an object a large meteoroid, while others consider the same object as small asteroids. This makes me having the conclusion that everybody has a dilemma in his life. Like here, they, the astronomers have a di- dilemma in this. We have a dilemma. It's like it's, it was something that came to me right now, and I want to tell you about because even with a lot of technology, they haven't discovered that. So there are some dilemmas we can never solve. Wait a minute, I messed up with my microphone. Okay, let's keep going. Because of this, we 
many people many people become so confused like one person tells you look that's a small asteroid and the and another people tell you that's a large metroid it's like come on coordinate and things like that metroids come in all different textures the composition of a metroid is either metal metallic or rocky sometimes metroids travel too Close. I'm sorry, something fell here behind me and I don't know what it was. Let's keep going. Sometimes metroids travel too close to Earth and slam into the atmosphere. When a metroid enters the Earth's atmosphere, it is called a meteor. As a meteor pushes its way through the Earth's atmosphere, it is compressed the air in front of it and undergoes adiabatic heating. As the metric continues to heat up, it begins to burn, creating a brilliant flash. A small mature will burn up completely when it enters the atmosphere, but large materials will only partially burn up, both creating bright flashes. This flash can oftentimes be seen from Earth's surface. And this is frequently referred to as the shooting star. The flash length of the time and brightness is determined by the metric's speed and size. When the metric is traveling at high speeds, the flash will last only as a fraction of a second, but at slower speeds, the brilliant flash will last several seconds. An orbiting comet leaves a trail of metroid debris called metroid stream behind it. When the Earth passes through a metroid stream, metroids fall much faster than normal. This phenomenon is meteor shower. On a normal night, only a few meteors are visible every hour, but during a meteor shower, there may be tens, hundreds, or occasionally thousands of meteors spread out. I apologize if you hear that sound. It's like my neighbors love to do construction or the dog likes to bark when I'm recording my podcast. It's like they, the, the neighbors didn't were fixing his house like what minutes before I started my podcast but now they're fixing and using some instruments to fix their house. And it's a miracle that the dog isn't barking. Maybe he's sleeping. <laughs> it's only a little bit of humor. My neighbors are incredible with me. They mess up with my podcast and I'm sad because of it. <laughs> Let's keep going. These meteor showers are named after the region of the sky from which they appear to radiate. The three biggest and easiest to see meteor showers are the quadrantids, which radiate from the constellation Butes on January 3 to 4, the Persates, which radiate from the constellation Persus on August to August 12 to August 13, and the Geminids, which radiate from the constellation Gemini on December 13 to 14. Not all meteors born up in the Earth's atmosphere. The smallest meteors, which are the size of us, pass through the outer layers of the atmosphere so slowly that they are able to reach the ground without burning up. Once on the surface of the Earth, they become part of the soil. Sometimes a meteor is too large and dense to be completely destroyed as it passes through the atmosphere. Although much of the metro will burn away, some of it reaches the ground. 
metrics design and their surface are called meteorites. Out of the tens of thousands of meteorites that hit in the earth each year, most are so small that you will never even notice them. Only a few are large enough for scientists to collect and study. Some meteorites that have fallen over the past few thousand years weigh many tons. This is an interesting fact. A large meteorite discovered in Origins Willamette Valley weighs over 14 metric tons and it's 3 meters long. This was rather small, however, compared to a meteorite that land near Flagstaff, Arizona. Scientists estimate that it must have been 46 meters in diameter. All that remains from the collision is a huge crater over 1,200 meters wide and 174 meters deep. Even larger craters over 100 kilometers in diameter are known. So, we're done with this topic. So, let's talk about some conclusions this left to myself. So, I really, really didn't like space before this podcast. I investigated and read about all these things. But that will be interesting. It's going to be in the list of my careers. <laughs> This makes something very interesting about the last thing I was talking about, the craters and all that thing. I'm planning a trip to United States with my family in July for my birthday. I would love to go to explore one crater. I don't know if that could be possible. I will have to investigate. But it would be so cool to see a crater in prison. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm surprised about it. The space, I would love to see a matter shower. Like being a camping and being a mountain. I mean, seeing the skies, seeing the skies and the stars with your family, a special person to you, and seeing a matter shower, that would be a perfect moment in our lives. What we talk about the asteroids, about the Trojan Belt, and about Edmund Haley. I I would love to still be alive if if Haley's comet in 2061. I have a doubt about me being alive at that time, but let's pack, let's expect that it could be possible, and I can see. I haven't even made that the numbers if I'm still gonna be alive like in that proper age but if I am I'm gonna see that I'm gonna remember this moment so that's my conclusion the conclusion that myself is thinking about everything I talk about to you in this podcast I hope you enjoy hope you're learning about it I hope if you have some thought, thoughts about like me about like don't liking the space maybe this podcast can help you to change or my last podcast like it made me change me like it changed myself about how i was thinking about space so hope you enjoyed it you learned and see you in the next pod in the next podcast goodbye